0: Thank you for tuning your hearts in for another episode of the Hearts Rise Up podcast. I'm Carol Chapman, your host, along with my co-hosts, Anne Sari and Concetta Antonelli. We share our own personal experiences, tips and strategies, along with powerful stories and compelling insights from guest interviews. We're here to inspire, and empower your conscious evolution, help you tap into your inner wisdom and rise to your heart-centered higher self. Together, we can rise to a higher level of consciousness, an elevated state of being, and experience more love, joy, and freedom. Welcome back, Heart-Centered listeners. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of the Hearts Rise Up podcast, where you'll always find heart-based wisdom to inspire your conscious evolution. I have a very special guest today. Her name is Michaela Passery. Michaela is an award-winning emotional intelligence and business performance coach. Her mission is to guide women to financial freedom by opening their hearts to heal their emotions around money, success, and being seen. With over 20 years of experience building six and seven figure businesses, Michaela puts her business degree, experience, and many certifications to use, helping entrepreneurs open their heart to more financial abundance with strategic monetization and sales structure implementation. She uses her proprietary technique of marrying business ROI planning with emotional subconscious release work. Michaela uses many different modalities and tools to help her clients expand, evolve, and transform for permanent breakthroughs. One of the ways she has been doing this is through her unique custom and experiential retreats. Michaela has led transformational journeys to her hometown Florence in the Italian countryside since 2009. She firmly believes that business success is directly tied to an individual's ability to free themselves from the emotional ties of the past, conscious or unconscious. And what better way to do so than being plucked out of your day-to-day life and placed in the middle of the Tuscan countryside to look at yourself and life from a totally different perspective. Her work has helped hundreds of clients go from stuck, stagnant, and unfulfilled to happy, liberated, hopeful, and healed. The result, they get out of their own way and take action from an unwavering inner truth and create abundance on their own terms. Michaela, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Carol. I'm so happy to be here this morning.
0: I just love your story, what you're doing today, and what you're doing to help women. I definitely want us to get into seeing an inside glimpse into your work and how you help women unpack these blocked patterns for permanent breakthroughs. But first, I'd love for you to share your own personal story and some defining moments in your life that have shaped who you are today and has led you to the work that you're doing as well.
1: Well, as you mentioned, my hometown is in Florence, so I was born and raised in Florence, Italy, and I was there for the first 20 years of my life until I moved to California to go to college. And as much as everybody loves Florence and loves Italy, growing up there, it felt oppressive, okay, as a young woman, it felt oppressive. And so there were things about interacting with my peers, interacting with my family members, the culture, the deeply ingrained victim and sacrificing conversations that just the populace had. All of these things together really made me feel trapped, made me feel, you know, not free. And on top of that, you know, my relationship with my father was one of of love-hate. He was my greatest rock, but he was also my greatest critic. And so as I grew up, my experience as a young woman was constantly not, you know, feeling not good enough, constantly not being up to par constantly feeling that I wasn't capable right so all of those conversations that I took up through my you know personal young experience I then brought into my adult life now one of the biggest defining moments for me apart from okay the experience that I had in this love-hate relationship with my father where I was uplifted in some moments and then totally criticized and torn down in other moments and so I never really knew where I stood because obviously you look to your parents for guidance. You look to your parents for support. And there were moments where, oh, you know, you're amazing. And others like, you're totally wrong. Why did you do that? You know, all of those types of things. So once I moved to America, within the first year, my father passed away. And so that was really the biggest defining moment of my life up until that point, because I had, you know, I had obviously took on conditioning like we all do from my culture, my family life, my peer experiences, all of that. And then all of a sudden, one of the people that highly contributed to my conditioning, poof, just disappeared. And there was no opportunity for closure. There was no opportunity for conversation. There was no opportunity for anything because he was, he was gone. And so that really his death as tragic and as painful as it was was really the cathartic momentous in my life mm. to propel me into seeking mm. and wanting to learn and really into self discovery and I just dove head first into personal development because there was a part of me that really wanted to understand how I worked as a human being and then there was another part of me that really wanted to understand how not to feel the pain anymore, the pain of grief. And so that's kind of how my story and my journey started was just really with this tragic event in my life that then brought on other events. You know, Mm -hmm. when I deal with my clients and their emotionality, their connection to their emotional past, it's really about looking the various sequences of events that have contributed something. And so for me, yes, the tragedy of my father's death at 20 was one, but then subsequently, because of all of the conditioning, because of the fact that I couldn't, didn't have closure, there were other events. There were other things that I manifested in my life that were not empowering, that were not supported because of the emotional baggage that I had been holding on, that I had been then carried into my future, right, into my life as an adult woman. So that's kind of how it all started.
0: What were those other things that surfaced after your father died?
1: If you can think about a young woman who does not love herself, does not feel confident, has low self-esteem, feels inadequate, really. Feels inadequate and inferior because of the constant criticism. Now, this woman goes out into the real world as an adult and starts living life. And as I started living my life, I started making decisions based on all of those conversations, right? Based on all of those feelings and emotions of inadequacy, inability, inferiority, incapability, all of that, right? Mm -hmm. So that woman feeling those things, thinking those thoughts about herself, attracted into her life certain relationships, certain opportunities, well, things disguised as opportunities that weren't really opportunities. So some of the things that happened were... I started, you know, attracting men in my life that did not take care of my heart. Whether they cheated, whether they pushed me down, whether they verbally and emotionally abused me, that was one thing that shows up. Mm. And specifically for me, it showed up in one specific relationship. I mean, many relationships, but another big defining moment in in my life was the relationship with my my daughter's father, where I basically dove. Head first in the relationship, really felt this deep connection, you know, was ready to marry this guy, all of that, gave everything, gave my body, my mind, my heart, my soul, my money. I gave him six figures in cash, money, to buy his love because of all of the feelings of inadequacy, you know. In theory, all of those things, trying to buy his love so that we could have lived this happily ever laughter that I had made up in my head. So that relationship just left me flattened, like feeling like I I had been a used rag and now I've been used and now I tossed to the garbage, right? Mm -hmm. So that was something that also showed up. And then, so that was on the personal side. On the business side, I made a decision to go into business with a client of mine at the time, and she left me with a a big tax bill. So when we looked at Kind of the, the underlying conversation, right? It's the conversation of victimhood. It's the conversation of inferiority, of inadequacy. And how it showed up was in relationships that were taking away from me. They were taking away life force. They were taking away money. They were taking away my essence. That's how it showed up. And at the point where these two things happened with the business partner and my ex, that's when then my the opening of personal development and introspection kind of like went into high gear like tenfold Yep. because I just was like okay that's enough I was like okay wait a minute there's something here that I'm not seeing that I'm not aware of but it's driving my life and it's driving me somewhere where I don't want to go I want to go over here into a happy life you know where I wake up every day and I feel like the sun is shining but I'm being driven where I wake up every day and I feel like there's a black cloud over my head.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
1: ne- nothing's good is ever going to happen. Like this doom and gloom type of feeling. And so that's when then it was like trying a lot of different modalities and going to a lot of seminars and reading a lot of books and, and just doing a lot of interpersonal work, a lot of transformational journeys mm-hmm. to open myself up, to heal, to really make the connection with all of these past events that created me, Micaela, as the now adult woman in life with a child and a business.
0: Yes, you had so much that you were dealing with. At what point did things start to click for you?
1: Everything that I did contributed something for me. But I feel that the biggest contribution was when I found a modality called emotion code, which is the modality that I use Mm -hmm. with my clients. and. The reason I feel that's when everything clicked is because it allowed the practitioner that was working with me to really identify the subconscious triggers, the subconscious stuck energies that were that driving force to the place that I didn't want to go to. And so once I experienced that and I experienced the lightness And the weight lifted off my shoulder and the healing and the happiness and the joy that came out of that. I was like, wait a minute. I know where I was before and I know where I'm now. And if I can get here, everybody else can get here. I want this for everybody. I want every woman to feel this freedom, this liberation, this lightness, this happiness, this joy, this groundedness into the truth of who they are, just like me. And that's why I chose then to obviously get certified and use it as the foundation of the work that I do with the women that I work with.
0: Mm. What are some of the limiting beliefs that you have found in your work with clients that seem to be the most prevalent that women, particularly women, are dealing with?
1: Well, you know, mostly it's, it's really always the same conversation. The majority of the conversations are around self-worth mm-hmm. and they're around whether it shows up as a fear of being seen and putting oneself out there to fully be vulnerable or whether it shows up as not being able to ask for what one is worth or if it shows up as maybe holding holding relationships That only take from you instead of give to you and contribute to your life. Like it shows up in different ways, but the general conversation is one of, you know, feeling not good enough, feeling inadequate, feeling that one doesn't measure up to the other people and that one sees out in the world. It's that conversation and it just shows up differently for every individual. So every human being is unique in their own conditioning. We all have our own life experiences. We all make up things about our life and our experiences in different ways. So there's no one cookie cutter way because we're all unique in that way. But the river, so to speak, right? The general connotation of the river is a value conversation.
0: It is and that value conversation often stems particularly the the lack of self-worth and the lack of just not feeling good enough often stems from those ancestral patterns that we were and uh, early conditioning as you had mentioned but also how we have come to feel about ourselves and oftentimes we have this we get into this spiral if one is conscious about their thoughts Thoughts can, negative thoughts can run rampant. They can. How have you helped others, particularly women, break that cycle of negative self-talk?
1: One of the very important cores of the work that I do with, with women is looking at and identifying the disempowering and never, negative conversations that were birthed from an emotional experience. Because those are the, those are the, those negative beliefs that you were mentioning those are the ones that get formed as we be, were conditioned as we experience life and they get recorded into the subconscious because the conscious mind can only hold about 10% of the information so where does the rest of the information go just like our memories where do that where are they held they're held in the subconscious mm-hmm. so these beliefs these ideas these conjectures these interpretations these conversations get formed because of a negative emotional experience, they then get recorded in the subconscious and they get held there unconsciously to the individual. The key key is to identify the conversation. What was the conversation that you made up at the time when XYZ happened? And what did that conversation bring forth into your future, into your life, to where you are right now? And then once we identify that conversation, So awareness is key number one, right? It's becoming aware of what's in the subconscious. It's bringing that unconscious to the conscious so that the conscious mind can connect the dots and say, oh, okay, now I get it. You know, this led to this led to this. And it's because of this underlying conversation. So key number one is to become aware. And it's to become aware of the disempowering conversation that was created in the past. Once we're there, we can then use the conscious mind to create a new conversation, what I call power affirmations. So part of the work that I do with with my clients is just that, is we look at using the modality of emotion code, we identify what's in the subconscious, we look at the conversation that was created in the past, and then we, we create a new one. And so in doing that, we're creating new neural pathways, and slowly the old one gets erased, and the new one gets ingrained. And that's what we really want. We want to create new, newer pathways, new, positive, empowering conversations that then from today bring us into our future tomorrow. And when we do that, we know that our future is going to be bright Mm -hmm. because we are basing it with the foundation of something that empowers us, that supports us, that uplifts us, that's positive. So with that, we can only create goodness. We can only create success. We can only create happiness.
0: You know, life can be really messy for a lot of people, and we're all unique individuals. We have all these unique and different experiences that we bring forward in our lives. How do we get to the point where we can unpack all of that? Where does one start? If you've got all of this baggage that you're dealing with, what's the one thing that they could do to at least begin to unpack even if they're just doing it on their own what would they do
1: yeah so the first step is they have to be willing to look at themselves they have to be willing to look at themselves because everybody has baggage everybody has emotional triggers and everybody has emotional trapped emotions in the subconscious that they're not aware of but some people are not willing to look at it. And so they'd rather punch in and punch out and be on automatic and just go through their life. And that's fine. That's their, you know, everybody, it's their prerogative. So the first thing though, if one really wants to achieve that their highest potential and wants to really connect to their highest self, they've got to be willing to look at themselves and they've got to be willing to dig deep to find those connections that the conscious mind can say, okay, ah, uh, That experience created this thought, this conversation, this belief about myself or the world that brought XYZ into my life. Now, XYZ, I didn't like it. It didn't feel good. I don't want to recreate that. So now let me look at that conversation. Let me look at that event. Let me bring some healing to it, some acceptance, some forgiveness, whatever needs to be brought, compassion, and then create a new conversation. So the first key is to be willing. And then secondly, when you're willing, then when you start feeling friction within yourself, whether it's frustration, overwhelm, stress, it's to take that moment and say, okay, what is this about? What's underneath this emotion that I'm experiencing right now? So it's really starting a questioning process, a self-questioning process, an introspective process where you're asking yourself, what's this about? What's underneath this? Mm -hmm. You're just kind of starting to to think about it to really bring more awareness to it. Mm -hmm. That is what people can do on their own. Obviously, this work is really held by someone outside of that person's life experience. Mm -hmm. So you'll get farther when you work with someone like me that can be the guide, right? I don't heal people, the person, we are all healers of ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just the guide. I just guide the person to the freedom, to the liberation, to the lightness, the release by supporting that process.
0: Mm. But
1: they have to be willing and they have to be open.
0: Those are I think great points is to be willing to look at yourself, take a good hard look at yourself and then To get underneath and take the introspective route of really digging deep with the right questions. And it is important to have someone as a guide. And I think one of the things that you do really well as a guide is holding space, you know, that container of space so that the person feels safe that they can begin to explore. Because oftentimes when we start to explore some things, it can be pretty scary. Yeah, absolutely. Scary things about ourselves, and we're not quite sure how to deal with them. And particularly when we're dealing with the egoic mind and then the heart. How do you align the mind with the heart? Because, you know, the mind wants to protect you, and the mind is limited, whereas the heart is very expansive and all-knowing. And one of the things in your work that you do is to help people tap into their inner voice. Let's talk a little bit about how you do that. And what's the biggest obstacle that keeps people from really hearing and listening to that inner voice?
1: What I have found in my work is that the biggest obstacle that people have is not being aware of those conversations. Once one becomes aware, that's like 80% of the work. So it's the kind of being in the dark of one's own makeup, of what really makes you, what drives you, what makes you tick, right? Why certain patterns are present in your life, why you make certain decisions in certain ways, right? I think that's really the biggest obstacle is, well, number one, we talked about it earlier, is like not being willing, right? When you're not willing, you just stay stuck. Mm -hmm. And then two is just the unawareness. So then when you become aware, you can actually start making decisions in different ways. When you notice the patterns, you can stop and choose differently, right? And start making those changes. And what was the other part of the question that you asked me?
0: Oh, it's about the inner voice, about really being able to really tap into that inner voice.
1: Yeah. So when you start doing this work, right, you really start looking at yourself from that perspective and really start bringing awareness as the, how you are moving through life in the way that you have in the past and then in the way that you're doing it in the present so that then you can create what you want in the future. You start knowing yourself better. You start really grounding in your truth. You start getting to a place of unwavering knowingness within the self. And so that is what supports the voice. I'm just going to give myself as an example. You know, if you met me when I was in my teens, I was really quiet, meek, shy, I didn't really speak up much. I was very fearful of what other people thought. And that was the result of the conditioning and the criticism, right? As I evolved and as I did the work, I stepped into a totally different person. You know, you meet me now. I'm not shy. (laughs) I totally speak my truth. I'm totally different. I'm open I'm very social, right? I'm not closed up like I used to be, right? Because I found, I really found myself in this work. I found myself and I found my truth. And so when one does that, there's this unwavering stance that you take in your life. So it doesn't matter what Sally or Bob or whoever out there say about you, because it's their interpretation. It's their idea. It's their thought process based on their conditioning. I know who I am. I know what I'm about. And yes, if I'm making a mistake, if I'm wrong, I'll admit it, all of that. But if not, I've got this unwavering stance of inner knowing. And so from there, then I'm able to use my voice to create So I'm able to use my voice to create things in my business, create transformation, create understanding, create connection, create communication, but I'm also able to use my voice to stand up for myself. I use my voice to communicate maybe an idea that could support a community, right? So I'm not holding back anymore because of this unwavering stance. And so then my voice becomes a tool. That's the beauty of the process, actually. And that's really what my objective is in doing the work that I do is I want people to to have that same unwavering truth about themselves and that inner confidence. Right. So that when they go out in their life, they're creating a life of their own choosing. They're creating a life that they want. And they, they're not punching it in, and punching out every day, feeling that life is being done to them, that life is happening to them. They are a... Co pilot with source, spirit, God, universe, whoever is your higher power, in having this beautiful experience as this spiritual being in a physical body.
0: Right. And if we understand that, then it's much easier to go with the flow and to navigate life because we have, we know that the, what I like to re- refer to as the universe has our back, basically. The universe has your back. And you know that. There is no such thing as failure. Whatever we, we learn along the way is there for us for our own good, and we're, we're learning and growing, and we need to take the opportunity to step outside of what the society's norms and rules and that old conditioning that has been ingrained in us to move our lives forward and sort of like putting a stake in the ground.
1: Yeah, everything, everything in life for everybody, it doesn't just choose some people and not others. Everything is feedback. So if you go about your life, understanding that what is happening in your life is just feedback for you to understand how you're attracting things in your life, how you're co-creating in your life, then you can take a step back with awareness and say, okay, this doesn't feel good. This that's, that's been happening in my life doesn't feel good. What can I do? What are the decisions and the steps that I need to make so that this isn't present in my life anymore? And so it's just it's looking at the feedback and shifting and making right different choices.
0: Right. Do you have an example of a client success story that you're most proud of? Most proud of, and just in terms of the progress and the breakthroughs that the individual made through as a result of putting the work in to do the inner work?
1: Yeah, I mean, there are many. But I think the one that always comes to mind when I'm asked this question is one of my clients, she was in a sales position, kind of like direct sales type of position. And she had been at it for a while. She had achieved a certain level of success, but she had arrived to a point where she felt capped and she had noticed. So, So she had become aware. That she was experiencing certain emotions, certain negative emotions, when she was going out into the world, when she was going places, networking. And she couldn't understand why these emotions were coming up. She felt that they were stifling her, that they were holding her back. And when we worked together and we identified the connection of why those emotions were coming up from her, in her past... She totally exploded. And in this specific instance, and obviously not everybody's going to have this type of event, but for her, she was finding that anxiety and fear and stress were coming up when she was out talking to people and she needed networking, going to events. And she had to do that to sell, right? She's in a direct sales position. And we uncovered that. And obviously now, mind you, she knows her past. She knows her history. She knows her life experience. But she had never connected the two. She had never connected that, you know, 50 years later, 40 years later, this event in her childhood was still affecting her in her life today, right?
0: That's right. So for her,
1: what, what had happened was that when she misbehaved her father would lock her under the stairs in this little cubby and so she would stay in the dark for hours until her father would come pick her up so she had developed this semi-claustrophobic response to tight spaces to crowded spaces and things like that and she never really understood that she never knew that so when we uncover that that there were trapped emotions that surged and were created because of that experience Mm. and that those were the emotions that were still coming up today and that were hindering and holding her back from doing the work that she wanted to do and from creating the success that she wanted. Once she connected and she emoted whatever still needed to come out from that experience, that was it. It was gone. It was, she just was on fire.
0: That's a powerful, powerful process.
1: Yeah.
0: That's a great example. Yeah. And and that can be very traumatic, you know, being locked in a, a closet or under the stairs for whatever reason. Yeah. And amazing how that can affect us later in life. Yeah. In real life situations. Yeah. Kudos to you for helping her to work through that. Thank you. If you could go back and ask any of your, or even just yourself, if you could just go back and ask your younger self anything, what would you say? Oh,
1: that's a, (laughs) that's a very interesting question. So if I were to ask my younger self anything, what would I ask?
0: Or let's turn it around to share something with your younger self. About what you know today what would you share
1: well if I were to if I had the opportunity to share my wisdom with my younger self the one thing that I would say to her would be you you know you have value you are amazing you know you are smart you're capable I would really build her up because Thinking of myself in the past, I didn't feel any of that. I didn't feel pretty. I didn't feel smart. I didn't feel capable. So I would go back and say, you are all these things. And what you're experiencing right now is to make you stronger, to learn so that you can really step into these things that right now you might not believe you are, but that you are. So it's really just give her that pumping up that she needed.
0: <laughs> mm. What are you most grateful for in your life today?
1: You know, I'm grateful for all of the trials and tribulations. I'm grateful for all of the lessons that I've learned, whether they stemmed from pain or not. I'm grateful for all of the experiences because they've taught me and they've molded me into the woman that I am today. Without those experiences, I've not I wouldn't
0: be who I am today. Well, it's so important to be grateful for the adversity in our lives because those are our most, I think, most important teachable moments, particularly if we're having breakthroughs and recognizing that they are teachable moments and how they can shape and cultivate new ways of thinking, being, and seeing, and feeling in the world. One of the things I wanted to ask you is that you were doing a lot of experiential retreats at one point, and I would imagine with the pandemic, those retreats have maybe not been as frequent. Tell us a little bit about your experiential retreats, because I was really intrigued by taking people out of their environment and into this beautiful, I could just envision it, Tuscany And I've been to Tuscany. I haven't been to, well, maybe I have been to Florence, but I took a trip years ago with my good friend and Sari to Tuscany. And uh, we stayed in Rada in Chianti at the time. I think we did go into Florence. I'm trying to remember for, you know, uh, maybe a half a day or so. But I would love to find out more about your, just share a little bit more about your retreats. Yeah. And what differentiates them from other retreats?
1: Yeah, yes, absolutely. Before I go into that, I just wanted to say my family used to own Radha in Chianti <gasps> until my grandfather lost it at poker.
0: Oh, my gosh. Oh, that
1: Grand, my paternal grandfather gambled Radha in Chianti away. Oh,
0: oh, my goodness. That is, That's a, a, whole other story. It is a story for another conversation. Talking about
1: ancestral stuff. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> right? But anyway, so I just thought that was, that was interesting. I have been doing these transformational retreats since 2009, I obviously didn't do any in 2020. However, I started back up in 2021. So I just did one, a retreat in October. And the retreat is really a heart opening experience. I take people through the seven aspects of the Sacred Heart and we... Each aspect of the Sacred Heart that we delve into, there are experiential exercises, processes, conversations that we do, and then I combine every afternoon an experience in and around Tuscany or Italy, because sometimes we also go outside of Tuscany, to kind of impermeate the, I don't even know if that's a word, I'm thinking in Italian now.
0: (laughs) That's okay. Okay.
1: To lock in the learning of the morning, Mm -hmm. right? And so the experiences in the afternoon are really just to seal the learning. So what what I'm doing is I'm taking people out of their life. I'm putting them in this beautiful setting in the countryside of of Tuscany. We are living, literally living there as Italians, right? We're living in this medieval farmhouse biodynamic winery Mm. and we are experiencing all of the amazing contribution that Italy is right so the culture the food the scenery the experiences of like centuries of history right all of those things and using Florence and Tuscany as the backdrop for for inner and personal transformation. So obviously every person has their own experience. It's designed to create this, to deepen your inner awareness of who you are by looking at your heart space and what's there that you haven't acknowledged, what's there that needs to be healed, what's there that you just maybe get to take a look at and use more of, right? Mm -hmm. So it really just supports inner transformation.
0: I'm intrigued by the term that you were using, the, the sacred heart. Can you share a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah. So I use that terminology because I really believe that the heart is a sacred space. Indeed. The heart is really, it's where we live, you know, that's where we feel. Mm-hmm. We can think, but thinking doesn't give us a full, a full experience of something. The heart does. And so I really believe it's a sacred space and it's a space that we get to learn more about, dive deeper into, protect, use to empower ourselves. And we're not taught. We're not taught to do this. We're not taught to look at ourselves in that way. To me, it's a sacred, it's a sacred part of ourselves.
0: Mm, Thank you for sharing that. Well, I'll have one last question. What advice do you have for others to rise to their heart-centered higher self? And actually to be their heart-centered, confident, loving, and joyful self, because I know that is one of the things that you're known for, is to bring that out for each individual.
1: I would say the way that people can start doing that is start looking at all of the amazing things that one has created. Naturally, we are animals, right? We're intelligent animals, but we're animals nonetheless. And our instinctive response is to go to the negative, is to go to lack, limitation. And so, what I would challenge the listeners to do is to bring awareness to more of the positiveness in your life. That's how you're going to rise, is to really start focusing on what have you created from the smallest, minute little thing. So the big accomplishment, what have you created in your life? What have you contributed? What have you experienced? And focus on those things and the mistakes and the errors and the bad things. You know, that's just part of life. We're imperfect. We're not perfect beings. So bring compassion to that part of ourselves that has made mistakes, that has done wrong and all of that, but then focus only and that part of herself that, that, that's, resi- that's been resilient, that's been strong, that's been empowered, that's created. We're creative beings.
0: We are. So that's what it's all about. Is what we've been brought here to do is to create. And that's beautiful. Yeah, That's a beautiful insight. And I think that if more of us were to really make a conscious effort to do that each and every day, I think all of us would elevate more abundance, more joy, more peace, more love, more compassion, everything you can imagine in our life by focusing on that. So thank you for sharing that. I think that's a great uh, insight. Where can people learn more about you? because I know you have a number of websites and you also have some social media sites. Yeah. Just share a little bit and we'll be sure also to put links into the show notes, but just briefly, where can people find out more about you?
1: My general website is loveyourevolution.com. And that's really, it's kind of like a fancy business card, right? They can just kind of, people can just find out a little bit more about my work there. But if one wants to take a look at, let's say the retreat page, that is at themoneybreakthrough.com forward slash retreat. And then if one is really interested in delving deeper and taking a look at their subconscious, there is an EQ test, an emotional intelligence test that I take people through. And there to do that, you can go to themoneybreakthrough.com forward slash retreat. EQ test. And there is a way to just really understand where one is on the emotional intelligence scale, because that's really the work that I do is I help people raise their emotional intelligence by uncovering what's stuck in the subconscious mind. Beautiful. The, the test really st- opens people up to, to understanding and awareness. So.
0: Well, we'll be sure to include that because I think more of us could use that. And I may even take the test myself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I know you have some social media sites and we'll be sure to include those as well. I just want to thank you so much, Michaela, for coming on the show. Thank you. You have such a richness of experience and certainly having lived and being born and raised in another country and coming to the U.S., even that in and of itself takes a lot of guts and just perseverance to do that. And it's just wonderful to hear your story and to share what you have learned and how it can help others. And we'll be sure we share as much as we can in our show notes so that others can uh, tap into your, your inner wisdom.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Well, that's it for today's episode. I'm so glad that you joined us, heart-centered listeners. We will come back another day. And until then, have a wonderful heart-centered day. Ciao, ciao. Bye for now. We hope today's show helped to bring a bit more joy and happiness into your heart. We hope it inspired you to unleash your inner power and rise up to your best and loving heart-centered highest self. We'd be grateful if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews are important to spreading this valuable message. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and share the show with others. Visit heartsriseup.com for heart-centered courses, guided meditations, and our popular notes from your higher self. Until next time, keep rising up, and may all that you love thrive.